Hey, welcome to Table Chat. guys so we're here on table chat i decided to let that music run just a little bit longer than we normally do just to kind of give it a maybe a bit more of an official feel um, and i do want to know drop. yeah with the, the beat drop right there and all that kind of stuff so uh i do i do want to uh, so i'm here uh with um i'm ben and uh, i'm here with spencer and i'm here with deb who preached last sunday uh so i do want to know fr- from you guys what um like what is your impression of the music? How do you feel now that we've actually done the music and we're like, like we did the intro music and now that's, that's going to like help us into table chat. Is it helping you? Is this like, how do you feel right now? How do I feel? Yeah. I keep trying to imagine what kind of creature is singing that, (laughs) that, uh, solo there. No human. Yeah. Yeah. It does not. No, it's my, it's like, Something from Rainbow Bright or <laughs> My Little Pony. Sorry, like a, Matt. I like know you picked this music yeah, out. Yeah, we do have to. We're throwing Matt under the bus just a little bit um, that he picked the picked the music out. Um, it's lovely, lovely music. A little flashback um, to the '80s there too. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. That's in now though, you know. That's true. New Killers album. That thing. That thing's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we're uh, we're doing a table chat here on. Um, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, um, and we uh, this past Sunday preached on the Lord's Prayer. Deb preached on the Lord's Prayer, and this um, this was kind of taken out of Spencer. You preached the week before this in, from Matthew six mm-hmm. about uh, the Pharisees and the and Jesus' critique of their piety, uh, their prayer, their giving, their fasting, and right in the middle of that is the Lord's Prayer section. And so we kind of lifted that out, and we we decided to let that be its own uh, section. Uh, that its own sermon. So anyway, why don't I read, it's a very familiar passage, but why don't I read it? Um, and then Deb, maybe you can share your good news proclamation um, and maybe just give us an outline of kind of where you went with the sermon. Uh, and then we'll just uh, ask some questions about it and see where see where we go as we talk about prayer today. Does that sound good as a plan? Great. Sounds like a plan. You guys agree? Okay. All right, here it is. This is Matthew 6, uh, starting in verse 9. And then going through verse 15. Pray like this. This is Jesus speaking. Pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive the sins, if you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to so, God. Thanks be, yep. Yeah. <clears throat> thanks be to God. Uh, so Deb, what was, uh, just give us a recap. Uh, what was your good news proclamation? And maybe uh, just help us uh, get a window into how you ended up preaching this sermon. 
give us yeah. one. Um, so the Good News Proclamation was we're not abandoned to figure out how to live out his politics of love on our own, in our mm. own strength. But our loving, generous Father gives us prayer as a gift, opening up full access to his kingdom power. And this gift enables and empowers us to partner with him in living out his politics of love. Um, so I kind of talked a little bit about, um, kind of from my own experience, um, lately has been that all of this has been amazing hearing the series on this, on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but I said, when I go home then and read the headlines and watch the arguments and all of that, I see all this stuff out there. It can feel overwhelming, but also the stuff that's inside of me. So, mm. you know, the daily struggles, um, it can feel just insurmountable to figure out like all of this sounds great, but how do I actually live mm -hmm. into the politics of Jesus? Hmm. So it can feel overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but I think that in that, the good news is that God has not just said, you know, here's the Sermon on the Mount and good luck figuring out how to do that. But he's mm -hmm. given us this gift mm -hmm. that empowers us to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Prayer is the key and we're not able to do it on our own. Yeah. And that I oftentimes probably feel overwhelmed when I do feel like I'm on my own. Um, but that he gives us this gift of prayer. Okay. So, yeah, so prayer is a gift uh, that is given to us that empowers us to actually live out um, the rest of what Jesus is talking about here, you know, which is the politics, the politic, the political vision that he gives us in the Sermon on the Mount um, is empowered by, by prayer. So, <laughs> Spencer, I'm, I'm hearing uh, some, are those screams of joy in the background? I can't tell, um, <laughs> but they sound like very far off to me, but I can see that my little like radar for if there's noise coming in is going up. And so yeah. They, they do sound far off to us as well, but uh, they just, um, they are, they are audible. That's, that's, so that's fun. <laughs> I thought it was a tea kettle. They're oh, tea, yeah, yeah, they're very high pitched. Yeah, very high I remember pitched. those yes. days. Yes. Um, yeah. Spencer, I don't know if you have uh, questions, anything come to mind? For Deb. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I've seen uh, this passage preached a lot of different ways. And I've seen, you know, like at a, a Bible church specifically, I'm thinking of that they like broke it out and they did like multiple weeks on the mm -hmm. Lord's Prayer. And they just like taught mm -hmm. on the, each specific part of the prayer. Yeah. And uh, I think that it's it's a particular kind of challenge to teach on to not just teach on, but to preach on a passage like this that's super familiar to people mm -hmm. uh, and to discern, you know, what the good news is that God wants you to proclaim to the table this past weekend. So I'm, I'm wondering what it was like for you to prep that, like how, I know you kind of narrated a little bit how you've been feeling in touch with the goodness of the sermon, but then the applicability of it to regular life has been like a point of tension. Mm -hmm. Um, but like when you named the good news on Sunday, I was just like, oh yeah, like that's, mm -hmm. I, I needed that, you know, to know that it's not just on us. We're not abandoned by God to figure this out. And so I'm wondering what that process was like for you just to discern 
you know, how to go about it, how to go about preaching it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I had actually preached on this, uh, a couple years ago, the same passage. Um, and so the new, the new context was definitely, um, something that I was trying to figure out, like, how do I, how do I preach this differently in the context of the Sermon on the Mount and living the politics of Jesus? Um, because it's, I mean, you start to, you start to dive into study with the Lord's Prayer and you're like, holy cow, like you can do a whole sermon series on just the Lord's Prayer, taking a phrase at a time. There's just so mm -hmm. much that, that you could say. Um, mm -hmm. so I guess the real question for me was, um, just how do I put it within the context of the politics of Jesus and living that out? And yeah. I think that's when I came into just connection with, with myself of feeling that sense of being overwhelmed, you know, with all of this. Cause you, they, the issues can seem so big, you know, mm -hmm. they can feel like, how am I supposed to deal with racial issues and all of this political stuff? And, you know, it's, it can just be, um, like you can make you just sort of freeze in your steps because you don't know what to do next. Hmm. So it felt like very good news to me the more I prepared and the more I settled on what I was feeling like the good news was um, yeah. for us. Yeah. That he gives prayers a gift to us that hmm. that we don't have to figure this out on our own. We don't have to do this in our own strength. That he is he is with us and equipping us and enabling us. Yeah. So it strikes me as well as you say that that there there's some so whenever we preach you know we're proclaiming good news but usually there's a very specific context of bad news so to speak and mm -hmm. you know you guys know what we mean by that but just like the good news is the truth about who god is and who we are the bad news then what we call bad news is basically a lie about who god is and who we are um and so the the bad news that you that you preached into was that we're abandoned, that we're left on our own, mm -hmm. you know, to figure this out. But um, as you're talking, I think there also is some bad news that some of us have believed about prayer that this good news also uh, sort of corrects or, or helps us see um, in that. I, I don't know if you guys relate to this, but I used to, I think I used to feel about prayer like it was this obligation that I owed to God that he wanted me to pray, and it was something, it was like a, a task, an obligation, a burden. It was a, it was some, it was a job that God gave me, and, and I needed to do it for him. And if I missed a quiet time, I felt bad about it, you know, and I didn't, I, I'm like, oh man, I'm not doing my quiet time, and God's probably not very happy about that, and you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it strikes me that your good news proclaims, like, no, prayer is not a burden. It's not an obligation. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's not for God, in a sense. It's for you. <laughs> like, it's actually for you. It, it's actually how God shares his power uh, with you. So I don't, do you guys relate to that? Does that, you know, have you ever struggled with that thought about, like, prayer? Like, it's something I owe to God? Or is that just me? No, definitely. It's, I think for me, I was raised Catholic, and so there wasn't a lot, I mean, it was very nominal. So, um, I really didn't learn how to pray. Mm -hmm. Um, even though we prayed each Sunday, the Lord's prayer, right. um, 
but when I did become a Christian, I just remember this, like, it was like this whole new world opened up to me, um, Mm. as far as prayer and spending time with God. And like, it just felt like his voice was so clear. And, uh, there was just so much in the scriptures that was coming alive that, um, Mm. I think it was just a season for me of, um, of just really like, it felt easy to connect Mm -hmm. with, with God. It felt easy to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't last forever, obviously. And, um, through the years, I think, I think I did, I picked up on some of that stuff that you were talking about, Ben, as far as like prayer being this pressure filled obligation, um, mm. or even like getting brownie points for getting your quiet time in. Um, <laughs> yeah. and you know, it starts to starts to feel a little bit more dry because I think you start to feel that pressure, that guilt, that, um, that weight of it all. So I definitely relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to it as well. I think it's, it's kind of funny how every week as we've been going through the sermon on the Mount, it's like each individual passage that we're teaching on is just another opportunity. I think for us to like rethink how we've taken the teachings of Jesus as like our new legalism that we perform. Like, okay, he give he gave us these instructions for what we have to do for him mm-hmm. instead of receiving it as a gift. Um, which, you know, really illuminates, I think how hard it is for us just to receive gifts. Um, hmm. mm-hmm. but I, I also, yeah, I definitely resonate like coming from a Pentecostal background, like the, the Bible school I went to, we had, I was in an internship where we had like a specific time that we had to have our quiet time, but we, we called it fire time actually, which <laughs> nice. because it's, because it's know, doesn't have to be man. quiet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> which yeah, I, I think loud. actually for me fire. made it be a little Hot. bit more pressureful. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. it's not just like yeah. praying quietly and reading the words. Like, you know, you got to really feel it. You got to, yeah. If there's no heat, did you really pray? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fire time. I'm gonna start uh, renaming my my morning prayer time, my fire time. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go into my my fire time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good, Spencer. Like, w- w- it's really easy for us to just, yeah, to think to kind of reorient the instructions that we get from Jesus as like, oh gosh, now we have to do this. Now we have to do this instead of seeing it as these, you know. Like the like seeing it as the gift that it is that he's he's showing us and telling us how to live, how to be humans. You know, like there's there's these instructions, but and then the, he gives us prayer, not as this obligation or this burden, but as this gift to say this is. I remember what, I think it was Dallas Willard where I first heard this, but like he he said prayer is God's way of sharing His power with us. <laughs> I remember I read that sentence and I was like, I had to put the book down and I thought about it for like a three weeks. I was like, what? <laughs> what is it? You know, like, what is prayer? Like, I don't, I don't think about it like that at all. And I don't engage with it like that at all. And I think engaging with it as a gift, then I think it reorients, like if I have a dry prayer time, or if I have a prayer time where I don't really sense God doing or saying anything, it reorients that then for me to say like, well, that, well, that's okay. I'm not doing this for God. I'm like, 
And I'm not looking to my own feelings to know whether or not this was effective, but I'm trusting that as I engage with God, this is shaping me. This is forming me. I am opening up my capacity to receive God's power, even if nothing amazing happens, you know? It's kind of like, it's kind of like breakfast. Like sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes the coffee is, is amazing and it tastes amazing for some reason. And you're like, man, I love coffee. And then sometimes you're just like, okay, yeah, it's coffee and I'm glad I have it. And, but nothing amazing happens. So I've sometimes thought about that. I've thought about prayer more like breakfast. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's awesome, but sometimes you just, you just need your coffee. Like just drink it and get on with your day. Like, um, I think it's been helpful for me. So, um, all right. Can I ask this? Um, I think one of the interesting things about um, thinking about prayer within the context of the politics of Jesus is, you know, one of the tropes online is that when you don't really want to deal with with something, like in its entirety, like you say, thoughts and prayers, mm-hmm. right? And so that's become this trope where it's like, don't just offer me your thoughts and prayers. Um, so how is, I'm wondering, like, what you guys think about, like, how, how is this good news that we proclaimed on Sunday, how is it different from that, right? How is it different from just tossing the thoughts and prayers at, like, the big problems of, of racial injustice or, you know, uh, political unrest and all this other stuff? Like, um, how is this different? How is this good news and this vision different than just saying thoughts and prayers? Does that make sense? You guys have thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I uh, my my last paper that I have to write for seminary, which mm-hmm. is you know I've already got my diploma and just got ordained, but I have a paper due in like three weeks. It so all really gets struggling. rescinded if you don't turn that. Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I'm really <laughs> struggling to drum up the uh, resolution to get it done. Yes. Um, but it's about spiritual warfare, and it's related to racism in America. Um, okay. And that's like one of the big distinctions that I, I'm. I've come up against is like, if we view it as spiritual warfare, I think a lot of times people just feel like they don't take any practical action anymore. It's just like, Mm -hmm. let's just pray about it instead of take action. Um, And so I feel that for sure. I think that part of the good news that I heard Deb proclaiming on Sunday was that prayer is formative, but it's also participatory. So it's not just like asking God to do things, but it's, it's a way of entering into the action. And Mm. I think maybe the way that I'm noticing that for me lately is that I'm, I feel a sense of tension when I'm praying these prayers, especially going through the sermon on the Mount this time around. Mm. Like when I pray and ask God for my daily bread, I'm, I'm conflicted about the role that uh, security and money plays in my life currently. Because if I, at least where I'm currently situated, if I'm not thinking about that, like I'm just asking God for daily bread, but I'm just saying it because mm-hmm. I've got a fridge stocked full of food, you know? And so right. I, I feel right. like as a, a white person in a majority white culture, that's I mean, fairly affluent, I guess um, I feel conflicted about that. And so I think that that's, yeah. it's not like quick and tidy with a bow on it, but I think that that tension is part of, where God mm-hmm. is kind of drawing us to as a community. I think we're kind of sensing that as a church currently that we're getting pulled yeah. into this tension. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think too, like when there's the thoughts and prayers, um, message to it, it's, it's just a, it's just a sentiment 
you know, that you're, that you're saying to sort of help yourself feel better in the moment because you feel maybe pressure or like, you don't, you don't know what to say. You don't know how to help. Um, but there, I think the difference is like actually engaging in it and, and engaging in the sense of like, I'm stepping into this with you and I'm letting myself feel what you feel and what Mm -hmm. God feels. And, uh, I'm going to let that affect me and I'm going to, you know, perhaps be open to what God says to me about that or, or the things that he seems to want to do in me, through me, all of that. So it's, it's, I think it's much more than that. You know, I think a lot of times you just feel that pressure and that awkwardness of like, I don't know, this is really intense and I don't know what to do uh, or say. So, you know, thoughts and prayers. I don't want to seem uncaring, but yeah, so yeah. Thought, here's a sentiment. I think that's yeah, but, really profound. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Spencer. Now, I was going to say just what you shared, Deb, was kind of like helped me to realize that I think I have a little bit of uh, like I've tried to distance myself from that sentimentality yeah. a little bit um, as part of like a cynical response to it. Um, and so even when people share needs and are asking for prayer, I'm resistant. Like I, I'm just now noticing it, but it's like in my body, I'm just like, eh, you know, like we don't have to, I don't need to tell you I'm praying for you. Um, yeah. which is weird, you know? And then our, our group me as a church, I, I am noticing that it's like maybe the first time that I've experienced in church that people will just reach out like in real time when they're having a need. And then people will just be like, I'm praying for you right now. And it, yeah. like, it still takes me a little bit to like, you know, sometimes I, I can feel my body like working against it, you know, <laughs> but the real time, like, Hey, we are praying for you right now, I think is there's something different going on there than that yeah. sentimentality that you named. Yeah. Actual yeah. prayer. Like yeah. that's the difference, yeah. right? Yeah. I think that's what you pointed out, Deb, is like thoughts and prayers is hardly ever accompanied by actual prayer. Like you're, you're, yeah. it's just a sentiment. It's not prayer. Mm-hmm. But what you talked about is prayer where you're saying, okay, I'm entering into this. This is the participation you talked about, Spencer. Like I'm going to allow myself to feel like this, this lament, you know, it, it, and especially it comes, I think thoughts and prayers is a sentiment that allows me to feel good about doing something. It's usually about something bad, right? So it's a, mm. a school shooting or it's a, a police shooting or, you know, a, whatever. And so um, thoughts and prayers is a way for us to avoid actually praying, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to avoid actually allowing ourselves to lament. Um, And I think that is part of the good news you proclaimed then uh, to us. Um, Towards the end of the sermon, it's not just about forming us, right? But it's, it's we actually participate in the work of God. And so allowing ourselves to feel those, uh, that lament uh, is sort of groaning with the Spirit. This is Romans 8, stuff here where like the spirit groans all creation groans and we actually like it's remarkable to me that the spirit groans like we have a groaning god and we allow we give ourselves over to groaning we're actually we're working there's work there's real work happening and then you know we're just open then to where that leads us in terms of action um so yeah i love that cuz you know james talks about this too right james says Hey, how can the love of God be in you if you see somebody who's in need and they're right in front of you and you just pray for them to be well fed and you have plenty of food? You know what I mean? Like if they're right in front of you and you see a need, well, 
don't just pray for them. Like, give them the food. Um, so anyway. Yeah, that's really good, really good thoughts. I wonder if we can maybe end uh, by talking a little bit about um, just our experiences in prayer. Um, personally, you know? Like, what... Um, so how, like, how are you responding to this good news? If prayer is a gift, um, how, do, how are you receiving the gift? You know, we try to do this liturgically together each Sunday. Um, but how, how, how have you guys been praying lately? Um, how have you struggled with prayer? Um, what, are, what are you learning right now uh, in terms of receiving this gift of prayer? Or where are you struggling? I mean, maybe right now it just feels like a struggle. That's fine, too. Like, do you guys w- share a little bit about that? Yeah, I, um, I mean, I've definitely struggled in prayer. I mean, I, I feel like it's a, it's a daily thing. I don't feel like there's ever not a struggle. Um, Hmm. even like starting, uh, to prepare for this sermon, I felt like, gosh, like of everybody, I'm not like, don't choose me. Like I suck at prayer. Like (laughs) there's surely there's someone better to preach this than me. Um, Are there any monks around? Do we have a monk in our right. church? Is there a monk in the house? Yeah. Um, but I think it's just, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think now of, the, of your question, but I mean, there's been, there's been times of struggle. There's been times of like real connection, like I described before. There's been times where the only moments that I get to pray are when I'm in the bathroom and it's when my kids are sticking their fingers underneath the door saying, but mommy, I just want to be with you. You know, it's just like being a mom and trying to pray. And it's hard when your kids are little. Um, But I think coming out of some of that pressure and just um, relaxing into prayer more, I think has been a season for me. Hmm. I guess I would describe it as, um, not trying to figure it out, but just receive it as the mystery that it is. Mm. Um, I think I'm, I'm realizing there was so much pressure to pray. And a lot of my times of prayer were pressure filled. Um, and even coming to a place of like going through some really difficult things and, like just being like, I'm, I'm done with prayer for a while. Like I, I just need some space, God. These are some really hard things. And even finding, finding God in the midst of those times has been, I think, a, an act of prayer of just being real and being honest about, you know, this is really where I'm at. Hmm. So I don't know if this is making sense or not, but, um, I think that prayer is just a lot deeper and a lot more mysterious than, than we can even describe mm-hmm. and learning to just rest in that and letting it, letting it reconnect you not only to God, but also to yourself, you mm-hmm. know? So sometimes prayer is just taking a moment and breathing deeply, um, of reorienting my attention to the fact that God is present with me right here in this moment. Hmm. Um, and I'm re- I can receive that as a gift and I don't have to feel like I have to do something now. Um, but that I can just breathe 
you know, mm-hmm. or I can take a moment and go for a walk. Like there's, there's prayer in those small moments too. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, I, Dallas Willard said something that I really appreciated. I mean, we're always talking about Dallas Willard, but, um, he said, don't seek to develop a praying life, seek a, uh, or don't, don't seek to develop a prayer life, seek a praying life. Mm -hmm. And that like, I think transformed something for me where it wasn't just like this, I'm trying to get my hour in, you know, so that I Mm -hmm. feel better about myself and feel like I'm doing okay. But Mm -hmm. it's like, how can I, how can I enter into this mystery of prayer with uh, the God that is always present, the, the God that is always here and live into that so that your, yeah. your life is a prayer. Yeah. Um, so it's far more, far more mysterious, I think, than, uh, than we realize. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say it was, it was actually another Willard quote, but like, <laughs> He was, he was encouraging people to, um, just, he said, sometimes words get stale and just, he said, find new ones. Yeah. Like it's okay. Like there's no, you know what I mean? Like there's no right way to do this necessarily. Um, and so I think I, I hear in what you're saying, Deb, that there's a focusing on the connection, focusing on what's like, is this working for me? Is this connecting me? And if not sort of being free to like try something else, you know, try you know, maybe you need to move around. Maybe you need to move your body. Maybe sitting still. Maybe you need to be quiet, you know. Yeah. Um, what are those things that, like, that you do that are relaxing and reconnecting for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so do those. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's yeah. just sitting in a chair and not doing anything and just mm-hmm. entering into contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just breathing mm-hmm. deeply, you know, because yeah. most yeah. of us spend our whole day breathing very shallow. And, you know, that is a, is a moment of allowing yourself to reconnect. Yeah. So, and not just with God, but I think also with ourselves, because it's, I think that's, that's the part of the mystery of prayer is that it, it reconnects us, um, to God and to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It happens at the same time Mm -hmm. because God meets us in reality. I wrote about this a little bit in the um, uh, in the pastoral reflection about there's kind of a little actually put a little prayer exercise in there where we reconnect to our bodies um, because like one of the things that's happening right now in the pandemic is that a lot of us have a lot of like we're having a trauma response this fight flight or freeze to this pandemic which is t- completely normal and I feel like I've had fight flight and freeze you know like sometimes in the same day. Um, but getting in touch with what's happening in our bodies is really key because then prayer can begin. Mm-hmm. Like once I'm in touch with, oh, I'm feeling a ton of anxiety. It's in my chest. It's feeling really strong. Well, now we're getting in touch with what's real about us so that we can actually get in touch with God and how God is present to us and what God's saying to us right here and what's the good news we need to hear. Um, so so I, the other thing I hear you saying, Deb, is that um, you know, there's no... Like, it's not like you have to get a half an hour in or an hour in or even 10 minutes in. Like, the prayer can be, I'm going to take a few deep breaths, you know, here in the bathroom before I go back out, you know, to take care of my kids or, you know, whatever it might be, go back to work. So, yeah, that's really helpful. 
Spencer, you got any thoughts on just your experience in in prayer? Yeah, I mean, I think what I'm experiencing right now in the season of life that I'm in personally, but also in the the meta season that we're all going through um, Mm -hmm. is learning how to deal with uh, pain through prayer. Uh, Hmm. I think like we, everybody has their own, like you said, been like a trauma response, but I think we all have like these coping strategies for dealing with right bad stuff. Uh, mm. And, you know, usually, you know, there's people that just do stuff about it. Like, oh, I, I'm feeling uncomfortable, so let me change this situation. Uh, mm. And then there's people that will check out completely and avoid it. Uh, and I think yeah. that, you know, what Deb shared about having a praying life is all about being integrated uh, and just learning how to be present to what's going on uh, mm-hmm. around you and in, inside you and take that to God, you know, without like some kind of posturing. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm tempted when pain comes up just to like backfill it with all kinds of narratives of like uh, pain is necessary, you know, but <laughs> in reality, that's just like a yeah. way of avoiding grief. And saying like, it's yeah. not supposed to be like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the prolonged season that we're in right now, since March, of like not being able to gather with people the way that we want to, and just all mm-hmm. the chaos. I mean, at at a certain level, that feels a little bit like petty of me to keep naming it as if it's like this dark night of a soul. But I think it is like, you know, one of the most recent times I can think of that I've been forced to deal with like. I don't yeah. like the way this is. Uh, yeah. It's not good. It's out of my control. And so, mm-hmm. you know, good luck checking out of it because you're going to deal with it every day and you can't right. change it. So right. just like every day yeah. you're, you're confronted with, what are you going to do yeah. about this? Yes. Um, and I think Cameron, my daughter, who's five, has been super helpful uh, for me with this because there's so many things that come up and I'm just like, we can't do that right now because of the virus. And she just is like, this virus sucks. This is the worst. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, we need to say that more. Like, instead of just yeah, being like, nope, yeah. this is the way it is. We got to get through it. It's like, yeah, no, like this, it's okay to, to grieve this, you know, to grieve. Yeah. Like my ordination was not the way that yeah. any of us would have liked for it to have been. It was still great, but it was, it's not yep. supposed to be like this. And yeah. it's, yeah. I think, I really think that that's what, like whenever Paul talks about praying without ceasing, I think, that this is part of what he's talking about. You know, I think there's a time and a place, right? And I'm thankful that we're a part of a praying tradition and we have a prayer book, but I think, yes. uh, you know, God created us to be integrated people and that includes mm-hmm. pain and suffering and, yeah. uh, and being able to name those things in real time and not, not compartmentalizing and saying, well, I have a prayer life at this time of day. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, like it's all just your one life yeah. that you have. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are those are helpful thoughts. I think my my prayer journey has been, you know, from the kind of the evangelical quiet time model, which honestly, like it didn't even have enough structure for me to know what I was doing. It was sort of like, hey, pick a passage of scripture and then like just pray. Just think about it. Yeah, think about it and then just pray and then but I, you know, I was always like, well, what passage of scripture? And then I'd spend like like the whole time that I had just trying to figure out what the right one to pray was. Then even after I found it, I was like, okay, well now now what do I do? What how do I pray? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I was stuck, you know, like I was stuck with this assumption that I think was embedded into the, the, the kind of that evangelical world that I came out of that was like, oh, you'll just figure it out. Like everybody knows how to do this. Like, you know, it's like an instinct. Um, but the disciples very clearly, like, you know, they asked Jesus to teach them to pray because it was like, no, we don't know how to pray. And we definitely don't know how to pray like you. So how do we pray? Teach us to pray. So I think we need to be taught to pray. And that, that for me, was the gift of the prayer book, you know, that we, we do have this, uh, you know, book of common prayer. And, and so the structure, I found it so helpful to have a, to have a structure uh, to kind of hang my prayer in, right? That, that there's a structure that, that flows through morning prayer, for example. Um, and I've found there's enough space in there to include all the stuff of life, you know what I mean? Like all the grief or the joy or whatever's happening, it all sort of fits within this form. But I found that really helpful to say, if prayer is going to be formative for me, I can't just make it up. I I actually have to submit myself to some sort of form, some sort of words that are helping shape the the life of my prayer. Hmm. Um, And then combining that for me uh, with uh, a practice of contemplative prayer has been has been the most helpful thing that I've ever done, you know, in, in, in prayer is, and there's, there's more we could say about contemplative prayer, but, um, in general, the formative prayer is here's the structure, here are the words, pray them, right? Like just use these words, which is exactly what Jesus told his disciples, right? When you pray, pray like this, say these words, right? Like our father, like there is an important instructive element in that. And then contemplative prayer is a bit more, um, Deb, what you were talking about, I think, is is the more like resting in in the presence uh, of God, and I think one without the other feels a little bit um, imbalanced. But together, kind of formative prayer, structured prayer with contemplative prayer, like that, those two practices together, uh, feel like a real solid place to stand uh, if you're learning to pray. Um, the other thing that I wanted to make sure I mentioned, and I put this in the pastoral reflection for this week as well, is that um, prayer is something that we do with our bodies. And so, Deb, you were talking about breathing, um, all of that kind of thing. Um, this is something that is, uh, I think, felt new to me as well. But um, you know, if you've ever been, if you've ever been to worship, you know that we do pray with our bodies, right? We we stand to pray the first prayers. We stand to sing. We cross ourselves. You know, we kneel to confess our sins. We open our hands to receive the bread. Um, so there's all this embodied work that we're doing in prayer, which, um, with the, you know, there's a reason for it. What, what, what we do with our bodies affects our souls. And so praying with our bodies actually really does, you know, help us pray, um, as weird as that might feel to some of us. Um, so anyway, so I was just going to commend to people, and I, I don't know if you guys have any sort of recommendations. If somebody is listening, maybe in our church, and they're like, you know what, I really don't have a prayer life at all, and I don't know where to start. Like, I wonder what you guys would say to kind of recommend a a starting place. Uh, But one of the things that I wanted to say about a starting place was to say, find a way to, 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 to make this an embodied practice for you. You know, some place where you can show up. So sometimes it's a place. So I've got a little, like, place on on my desk. I do a lot of things on my desk, but also on my desk is a little icon of Jesus and a candle. And when I pray in the morning, I set, I set up the icon and I light a candle. That's a, that's a embodied way of praying. I know some people like to kneel when they begin their prayer time. Um, but I find that really helpful, um, as a, as a way of prayer. 
And in the pastoral reflection, there's also a, like a five-minute prayer you can pray that's like the Lord's Prayer, surrounded by some sort of body awareness exercises. But uh, you guys have anything else that you'd want to offer? What, what would you want to say to somebody who's like, you know what? I don't have a prayer life. I want to learn how to pray. What should I do? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, probably this may be a, a little bit of a cop-out since we're Anglican, but the the first suggestion that I would give would just be to pick out one of the, the prayer hours to try to keep. And I think to try to do, you know, to pray multiple times a day and to go through the liturgy multiple times a day is a bit much. But if somebody yeah. were just to say, okay, here's, here's like four options for you. There's more than that yeah. really, but just like yeah. find one of these and find a time in your day that you have like 10 or 15 minutes to go through this. Yeah. Um, and I think that, the reason that that would be helpful to some people is because it's so um, it's so practical and it's so devoid of the emotional tie that I used to have with prayer, like that we were naming earlier. It doesn't need to be fire time. You don't have yeah. to feel it. Like just like <laughs> when you have 15 minutes, just, you know, yeah. like yeah. grab it and go through the liturgy and then like yes. do that, you know, try that for a week and yeah. then see – just come back and see how that's feeling. Like, do you want to do it at a standard time yeah. every day? Do you do it? Yeah. Um, you flex with your schedule. What do you do? Yeah. And when you say the hours, just to be clear in the, in our prayer book, we've have, there's morning prayer, there's midday prayer, there's evening prayer, and there's bedtime prayer compliment. Mm -hmm. um, and so morning and evening prayer are a little bit longer. Midday and bedtime prayer are quite short. Um, and so maybe, you know, Maybe starting with midday or Compline might be a good way to start, you know, a prayer life where you just read through. And I, I like what you said, like, you don't have to hype up any emotions. You don't have to have a profound thought. You don't have to come up with anything. Like, you just read the liturgy. It's right there. It's great. Yeah. I like how it, um, you're talking about things that are actually doable, like start small, yeah. you know, um, I, I'll never forget one time a friend of mine she had three kids under the age of five and she was wanting to lean more into prayer. And we were talking about it and, and she said, you know what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to wake up uh, at, I think it was 5.30 in the morning, every morning. And I'm going to pray for an hour um, every morning. Yeah. And I'm listening to her share this and I'm just going, it's... Um, it's not going to happen, honey. Because <laughs> uh, you're going to fall asleep. You're tired. You're a mama. Like, this is this is probably the hardest season of your life right now. Um, so how about five minutes? You wake up five minutes early and you say the Lord's Prayer. Um, yeah. Or, you know, just something doable, something small, um, something that's not, pressure filled, um, that mm. feels like something where you feel like you're reconnecting, where you're slowing down, you're relaxing, you're mm -hmm. reconnecting with yourself and with God. So yeah. maybe it's just a walk around the block every day, mm. you know, where you just turn your attention to God yeah. and you say, you talk through the Lord's prayer or yeah. we've got some great resources too on the table's website of, um, some morning prayer. I think you've got evening prayer too, don't we? Morning and evening yeah. prayer. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about those. <laughs> so uh, if you, 
some some people find the prayer book a little bit intimidating, even though the new one is uh, less intimidating than the seventy nine. Um, that that thing uh, is really complicated for most people. Um, but so one of the things we did on the website, we'll put a link to this in the show notes for this show, but um, is to curate uh, morning prayer. So it's even easier um, to do morning or evening prayer just by kind of reading through uh, this liturgy that we've kind of pre-curated uh, for. Um, each kind of season. So this one lasts us all the way in through up until Advent. So yeah, it's good. That's good. You know, I thought of another Dallas Willard story. We'll end with this. Um, I remember uh, at a conference one time, people were, they wanted to know what his morning prayer time was like, you know, cause like, he's like this icon of spirituality in a lot of our minds. So they asked him, you know, what do you, what do you do in the mornings? And he was pretty reluctant to share, but eventually he did. And he said, uh, I remember he said something along these lines. He said, well, he said, usually before I get out of bed, when I wake up, I just lay in bed and I meditatively uh, walk through um, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, you know, and he walks through it. And he goes, and then I, I pray through the Lord's prayer a couple times. And then I sit up and I receive the day. And that was it. <laughs> I was like, mm. oh, that seems like a good way to go. So anyway, that's another thing you could do. Mm. Just sit up, receive the day after praying the Lord's Prayer. So anyway. All right, guys. Well, we should probably go. This, this was an engaging conversation. We're 45 minutes in. I feel like we could talk for a long more, a long more time. Long but we more. Go. Long more time. <laughs> um, should we fade this music back in? Oh, yeah. Bring in the creature. All right. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate you being here on uh, Table Chat. I don't really know what to do with the music. I just sort of faded in, faded out. But uh, I appreciate you guys being here <laughs> on Table Chat. Deb, thanks for your sermon, and thanks for your uh, conversation today, both of you. We'll see you later. All right? Sure. Peace, y'all. Peace.